All right. So, uh, as a Christian, right? Yes. Uh, you've also done some work for Victory, or right? No. No. That, oh, there's someone else I'm thinking about. But you've done work for uh, who am I thinking about? Anyway, forget <laughs> about it. Different. Different. As, yes. Yeah. Different. Sometimes it all blends together. <laughs> Sometimes it really does. Most Christians have been involved with a church named with Victory church, at some point in their at life. At some point so, in their to life. your credit. To my and oh my goodness, yes. So, but as a Christian, where how does your faith influence the way you do business, if at all? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, the way that my faith influences the way I do business is the way that I try to conduct myself in the business community and with employees and with and with partnerships, right? And so I try to do things like the way the Bible would say, which is be salt and light mm-hmm. and let people see that your good works and glorify your Father in heaven, right? Let, let, let people see that you're doing things with excellence. You're not cutting corners. You're not being cheap. You're not being hateful. You're doing right. things with excellence and, with, uh, and, 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 and you're doing things well, right? And so that's, that's how my faith kind of inspires the way I do my business is I want to do things well. I want to make sure people are protected. I want to make sure people are loved and respected. And we want to make sure that I'm doing something that's not ripping people off, right? Mm-hmm. That's a big one. I want to be able to lay my head on my pillow uh, and be able to say my prayers with a clear conscience. That's awesome, man. So how how does that does that manifest at all in your in your business at all, or is that just its own entity? Well, it, it it really depends on which business, right? So like a place that makes tacos should just make tacos. Fair enough. You know what I mean? But some businesses have more of a ministry or a mission aspect to it, right? So it kind of just depends, in my view, of the industry that you're in, right? So we're Stage Rush is the entertainment industry, right? Right. Entertainment is covers all genres, all right? things. Entertainment and music doesn't have a religion, right? Right. So uh, it's really what we've built as a as a platform where we won't allow hate speech or anything like that, uh, but we kind of allow people to be themselves, be who come as you are, come right. as you are, right. be what you are, be who you are, uh, is kind of how Stage Rush works. Uh, and then with Sober Bars, it was more, uh, you know, there was a lot more of my faith being plugged into Sober Bars mm-hmm. because it had the mission of helping people uh, get free from addiction, free from bondage, right? Like nothing's more right. Christian than freedom from bondage, right? Like that's why Jesus came to free us from our sins. So yeah. like Sober Bars had, to me, had a lot more of a spiritual impact on the world uh, where Stage Rush, in my opinion, doesn't have a spiritual impact. It's cool. Right. It's a cool thing. cool thing. I'm not sure if we're doing any ministry with Stage Rush. Gotcha. Yeah. So with Sober Bars, what were some of the lessons that you learned when you tried to to start it? Oh, man, uh, plenty. There were, I don't know where to begin. Uh, one of the things I learned uh, with Sober Bars, um, I mean, I, I learned so many things. I learned a lot about myself, uh, just like leadership flaws, character flaws, mm-hmm. things like that, things that didn't work. I had a small team that I was forced, I was kind of thrust into this whole leadership role. Like this thing was growing legs, right? And we were trying to stay on top of it. And I realized I was not a good leader. Yeah. Like I have leadership personality traits, but I also have some really rough edges, right? That some people have to really kind of, you know, coach me on. I had to coach on grow a lot. Like like what? Like what aspects? Oh gosh. When you're a perfectionist and you're passionate about something, you will oftentimes ignore someone's feelings or the way that you treat them to get to your end goal, right? Mm-hmm. So you have this vision of perfection and you're passionate about getting there. And anything in between you and that vision can sometimes be a roadblock, even if it's a person. Mm. And so that can be super problematic, and you can hurt people doing that. And so when I was younger, it was just a lot more relevant, is that I saw, I I was focused on how do I get to my end goal? It's too much, too much on that. That's something I've learned, is that I can be very blunt. Yeah. 
and it's not it's not because I'm mean or anything. It's just because I'm I'm to the point, right? Mm-hmm. And it's when I have a feeling, I I, it's my policy typically yeah. that I tell the person straight up how I feel because I feel like just beating around the bush is kind of like waste time. Oh yeah, I, and, I can't talk about the weather. Right. Well, it's well, not, not 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 even not even that, but like uh, just like to tiptoe around something that's oh, yeah. bothering you. That's I I hate that. It's like well because it's 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 not it's creating anxiety it's creating it's cre- it's creating this environment where i'm unsure of like what what's going on here i'd rather just know the dynamic that me and this person are in or i tell them directly hey i didn't like that or hey that's messed up or yeah. blah 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 whatever and sometimes that turns people off really quickly oh yeah you have to know your audience yes. and you have to know people's love languages right oh, for sure like there's so many like so i always when people ask me to explain my personality to them i always explain you know, imagine people in a museum looking at art i'm the guy that'll find everything wrong with that piece of art like and that's a gift in some ways in some in ways some, for sure for problems that need solved that's a gift to be able to find what's out of place right yeah. patterns things like that with people if you're always finding something that's wrong, that's a terrible quality to have, yes. right? So I always tell people, like, that's my bend, and that's what I have to work against. I have this critical eye that I always have to be working against. And in leadership, when you have to make quick decisions, you sometimes throw manners and courtesy to the wayside just to get the job done, and you forget that you're dealing with people, and people are passionate about being something, being a part of something, not being used for something. I want to be a yes. part of something. I don't want to be used for something. Right, exactly. And uh, so... What, what other lessons did you learn besides leadership? Yeah, so besides leadership and just kind of like personal growth and things like that, I really learned that um, addiction is just such a huge untreated issue in our country. Yes. Like substances are pushed so much. Like there's laws against like you can't do cigarette ads for kids anymore and you can't do this and that. But anymore. Anymore, <laughs> right. right? It was exactly. a major. But it's still our society's soaked. Yes. We're soaked in substances. Yeah. Right. It's in the movies, every bar you go to. Now Chuck E. Cheese's and yoga studios, really? 5K races, like you'll find it everywhere. You'll find liquid, uh, courage, lubrication everywhere now. And caffeine. And caffeine, right? Coffee. And caffeine, the most socially acceptable. Yes, drug, exactly. Right? So like our society has a substance problem. People have a substance problem, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, one of the things that Sober Bars really taught me was that there's just no places that make a stand and say, you know what? No substances here. We get it. Some people are really good at moderating. But others in our community are not. Are not. And so we want to create a space where you don't have to guess if you're going to do well today. Right. right. We're going to create a space where you're just not going to be tempted. Like, like for instance, I, I gave a TED Talk on Sober Bars and the need for substance-free entertainment, right? <laughs> you yeah, uh, gave a TED Talk. Yeah, it, it was a TEDx Lancaster. I mean, uh, That's it, still cool, though. It was super cool. I was super nervous. I probably threw up a couple times beforehand. Uh, it, it, it was awesome to be able to do it. But one of the things I learned in my research was that um, – there's just so many places that offer alcohol. And like, it's funny, you can go to a Turkey Hill and you cannot find any drink for a dollar. Everything is two sixty nine, two fifty nine. You can't find a drink for 99 cents unless it's the Arizona Teas. Unless the Arizona Teas. Because they yep. made that stance, right? Yep. Everything else is like two fifty nine, three fifty nine. But if you go to a bar on the right night, you can get dollar shots. Yeah. Like, like you know, if, if you really look at that, like the accessibility of substances in our culture for those that can't moderate it's like walking around a prison every day of your life. You're in pr- like, like, and so my story was so much different than other people. Like, I still worked at a bar for six months after getting sober, but I know people who are still working the steps and they can't walk past a bar. 
They just right. they have to drive a different direction, yeah. right? And so, like, there's the, both extremes and everything in between, right? So it's different strokes for different folks. And I just learned that people really need because once we started trying to get Silver Bars on its feet, and we were doing publicity and news, WJL covered us and all this stuff. We were getting emails from people in like other countries, like the UK and Australia, and people from other states saying, "Oh my gosh, this is exactly if my brother would have had this, he'd still be alive. If, if this was in our state, this thing would be." And like people were like supporting it from every, you know, corner. Because they knew that this is what's missing in our community is that space where I'm not pressured into using substances. And uh, pressured means even temptation, it being there. Yeah, just the, acce- the overwhelming ac- right, accessibility. Right, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so something I had to really work on is I love eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ditto. And uh, Fourth of July, I'm going to a barbecue later. Exa- me I'm, too. I'm going to throw down. But um, my problem was fast food. Yeah. Because I... I hate grocery shopping, and I am lazy. So I making a peanut butter sandwich? No, when I can just drive to McDonald's. You know what I mean? Yeah, Wally, Wally World, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's 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 been a, a struggle for me because everywhere you drive, there's there's uh, fast food restaurants, and even their signs are like designed to make you feel hungry. Yeah, I don't know if you knew that, but like red and yellow, they make you feel like. Hungry. Oh, that's awesome. No, I knew that about colors and branding. I didn't know that those are actually, well, I'm not surprised. Yes. That's awesome. That's, right. Yeah. So it, it, it's awesome in one way. Awesome, yeah. But it's awesome that colors can do that. It's not, not awesome, awesome that, that corporations are trying to exploit, trick me. Yeah. 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 But uh, so it, it was it was hard because it was only my lack of money that, because, well, dollar menu, you get yeah. burgers, like full-fledged meals, and it will destroy First off, the food makes doesn't make you feel the best. Yeah. Afterwards, and it's 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 not cool. Yeah. It's not good yeah. for you. Now multiply that times a, a million, right? Exactly. Because uh, drugs make you feel amazing. Amazing, right? They right? make you feel great. They give you this great high, and then all of a sudden you wake up and your whole life is ruined, and you it's like you blinked. And also, but not only that, but you need more of yeah. that drug. Oh yeah. So it's it's so yeah. There's this cartoon on social media where the little duck goes and it takes a little drug and then it flies and then each time it takes the drug it flies a little bit less high mm. and then eventually it can't even get back to normal because it's taken so many drugs. Wow. Right. And so like that was the metaphor of like once you start down that path, you there's all there's a place you can get where you can't really get back to normal. Yeah. Without help, without some type of intervention, yes. without some type of someone helping you up out of that place. That's and that's why. AA, NAMI, uh, NA, OA, Narcotics Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous, which I was a part of. Yeah. To help me get out of overeating. Yeah. All those groups. Yeah. That community aspect. I mean, as Christians, we believe God created us for community. Yes. Right? God created us to do life together, not on an island by ourselves, right. which some people want, right? Like, you don't really want that. You would go crazy in a week. You would go right? crazy. We desire community. And community is the most strongest element that God gave us for healing and for protection for all of those things, right? Yeah. And so like AA, like I, I never went through AA. Mm. I My community was my church. My church and my small group, uh, which is like the, the when you're not meeting on Sundays, you're right. meeting during the week yep. with your small group, right? And so m- my small group, they knew of my struggles, my small group leader, and they knew that I was struggling with drinking. And we went to a ball game. Uh, we went to a baseball game at Clipper Stadium, and it was like beer and wings night, right? <sighs> and so we went to beer and wings night, and I'm getting my wings. I'm about to go grab a beer. And I noticed that all the guys that came with, it was a guy thing, right? All the guys, none of them were having a beer. And I sat down. I was like, hey, I, hey, man, I, I noticed n- no one's drinking. 
And they said to me, how could we tempt, how could we drink around you knowing that you're struggling? Yeah, how are we going to be a stumbling block for They didn't you? judge me. They didn't tell me not to get a beer. They, didn't, they just showed me the sacrificial love of like, we're going we're gonna to withstand. We're going we're gonna to hold back because we know that you need the support right now. And that was, God used that moment to plant a seed. And that seed grew into action over time. But right. he used that moment powerfully to show me just this love, this sacrifice, this selfless love of like, I'm not going to, a true person that loves you is not going to want you to stumble. They're not going to let you stumble. Exactly, yeah. Right? And, and, and so it was just super cool to see how that worked. And that was my community. That was my AA. Like, that was my community. That was my group. And so AA, NA, really great. You know, whatever you can find if someone's in that, in that arena, in that world, whatever community you can find that can help get you out of there is, is, is crucial. Yeah. So... Did you try to start sober bars? Did you get the, how far along in your journey to get to start that project? Did you get? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so uh, let's see. Was drinking. Came up with the idea. Uh, talking with people at the bar while drunk about this sober bar idea. <laughs> then uh, over time, uh, started drawing drawing up a business plan and then got sober, and then um, started throwing events. Hmm. It was the first thing I did. Was started throwing Why? events. I threw. Because I, I wanted people to experience fun without alcohol. I wanted to, I wanted to put the proof in the pudding, right? Mm. I wanted to say, I can't tell people that sober bars is cool and will be a thing if I can't show them how to have a good time without substances, yeah. right? I got to prove it first. So I threw a concert. I threw a video game convention uh, called ConsoleCon. It was at Ursa Lunar, huh. uh, the old uh, hookah place. So hookah is a drug, but, you know, whatever. It's like like, like a tobacco. It's like a tea. Uh, uh, anyways, at this hookah lounge where they... I, Asked them not to serve hookah that night, but it was this really cool video game uh, convention, right? Like parents brought their kids. It was cool. There was a DJ, uh, DJ Ross, uh, uh, DJ Def X. He was spinning uh, some like Mario Kart theme music. It was it was awesome. So this uh, video game convention through a, a arm wrestling challenge called the Brawny Man Challenge, where men with beard came and some women who had fake beards uh, would come <laughs> and, and arm wrestle, and the loser had to either shave or remove said beard, oh. uh, and that was like the competition. So that was really awesome. So try to just do these fun awesome uh entertaining events to show people like it's awesome to live life like life is when you were seven you could hula hoop because it was awesome yes you didn't need a shot before you hula hooped you didn't need a couple drinks before you hula hooped you could just hula hoop because hula hooping was fun as you get older we lose that we lose that sense of i can do things because they're fun without needing supplement right and so that's what i was really passionate about trying to remind people of and i thought events would be the best strategy maybe help us raise some sponsorships, some fundraising, some awareness. And that's exactly what it did. We got a, good, a lot of good publicity out of that. Where it failed was I just couldn't make it profitable. I couldn't, I, I didn't have, I was bootstrapped, right? I didn't have a nest egg. I didn't have any money. I was uh, about to get married, right? I was you know, really poor. I was working in restaurants, right? I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have a lot of time. And I couldn't find a way to make a profitable you know, mocktails and food, like that requires staff. Mm. And that requires, uh, you know, I was working with the Rabbit and Dragonfly at the time and using their space, which is a really cool space. And we were super, yeah, cool space. We were aligned in a lot of ways and they were letting us use their space for some events. And I just couldn't get to the place where I felt confident that I could pursue this without completely bankrupting my future. Mm. And so I had to pull back and I had to get a nine to five and I had to start rethinking my strategy. But at the end of the day, I just couldn't, like I went through the, the, the assets, great social enterprise pitch. Uh, Assets Lancaster is a nonprofit. So Assets is like kind of like score, but Lancaster driven. It it helps businesses um, grow, Uh, and especially when they specialize in B Corps, like B Corps, and like they've done a lot for Lancaster in the business community. But they have this competition, kind of like Shark Tank. 
Oh, you, yeah, that's what I was going to compare yeah, it to. Yeah, okay. you go through it. You learn how to business plan. You learn how to do all these things, and then you pitch at the end. And so I went through that competition. I learned a lot about the you know the financials of a business and all these things I didn't know. Uh, and as I learned, I got more and more scared because I was like, wait a minute, I am not prepared to undertake this. I kind of put the the, court, the cart before the horse or however that expression yeah, goes. Right. I just wasn't prepared. And so through that competition, I learned I wasn't ready. So I wasn't ready from a maturity standpoint with the way I, I led people. And I wasn't ready from a financial standpoint to embark on such a, a big thing. Um, so that's kind of why it didn't come to fruition. Uh, so now my strategy in this season of life uh, is to make it more of a directory resource for other sober bars. Highlight other people that did manage to do it well. Promote them and, and create like a sober bar map so you can see when mm -hmm. you're traveling, oh, this is where a sober bar is, this is where a safe space is, and create that kind of resource online uh, for soberbars.com and, and make that available for people until said time when I have enough you resources to open up my own sober-type taluses and chameleon club yeah. places. That's... that's uh... See, when I was interviewing Rich, he I'm, I'm pretty sure it was him who said that if I knew, if he knew what he knows now at an early age, if he knew what he knows now at an early age, he wouldn't have done any of it mm. because he knew how hard it would be, how, how much of a challenge it would be. And I feel like um, if I had known what, like, if I feel, I feel like the same thing with you. If I had gone through like that finance stuff and and all that stuff, like stuff that I needed to know, I probably wouldn't be doing this because I'd be like, oh, that's that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough when you look back on things. I mean, because you can't get those lessons any other way. Yeah. Besides sometimes doing it. besides doing it, but I think everybody would go back with that knowledge and either take a different path. Yes. Or take the same path, but with the knowledge, with, with less mistakes, with the knowledge. Yeah, for sure. And I would definitely go back and change some things, but I wouldn't not go down that path. Right. Yeah. I, I, I agree with, with you there because this is something I want. This is a passion project anyway of mine. Yeah. It's, it's not like I'm granted. I want to grow it and I want to make, uh, make this be like a full-time thing. However, I, I, I realize that it, it's a long way to go. Yeah. And I got to just keep pushing through. Yeah, for sure. I saw, uh, who's the actor that does Captain America? I can't oh, uh, Chris name. Evans. Chris Evans did a little spiel online recently about uh, if you want to be amazing at something, he's like, I can't pick up a sport and be amazing tomorrow. I have to just dribble. Dribble, 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 focus on dribble. And then I saw that. I was like, you know, that's, that's insightful. We forget sometimes because we're not patient. Exactly. We want it now. I want the end result now. We live right? in an instant grat gratitude uh, society. Yeah, but we often, feel like, we watch NFL and we see these guys making these amazing catches and we don't That's put in, true, yeah. into our mind, like, they just spend hours a day jumping. <laughs> they just spend hours jumping. That's how they can jump up and catch that ball. They spend, And then when they're done jumping, they spend hours running. Yes. And we're done doing that. They spend hours just holding a ball, taking the ball to dinner, taking the ball to their, like, right, you yeah. know, like, they just do all these fundamental things. And and it's hard to do the fundamental and the tedious things when you so badly just want the end result. I I was at a pool uh, once and there was there was a guy he was just in the deep end just jumping up and down repeatedly, making just jumping around doing his own thing. And I was like, what in God's name are you doing? <laughs> it's like, and he was like, well, I'm an Olympic jumper. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. What? I didn't know that was and, well, I like you know jumping. Oh, running. like the pole. Oh, and the no, and not the... not the pole, but like the the. The three-step jump or like oh, the long okay. jumps and stuff like that. So many jumps to keep. Track so many of. jumps to keep track of, and he and I was like, I jump if something scares me. I have right, like this exactly. Little, That's this little jump I do. Exactly, and uh, and I was like, well, why? And he was like, well, because you're in the water, 
you're getting a lot of that resistance. So I'm like training my muscles to just whoo and yeah. push it. And I was like, so I started doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so working out my muscles with them. I started jumping around in the pool as, as, a, as a kid. I was like, wow. I, now I know what my muscles feel like. Cause yeah. Oh my gosh. Where was I in pain the next day? Oh, sure. Just doing, just doing 20 of them. I couldn't, yeah. and he, he kept at it for like 30 minutes. I was like, Dude. Yeah. And that's a great illustration of, of, of being an entrepreneur or starting anything is that is there's a lot of pain, right? Oh, there's absolutely. pain involved because you're gonna fail. And yes. and, and as and as a as a business owner, typically your fails are public. You're doing public fails. Like people are watching you fall on your face, right? Yes. And so like you have to be able to withstand that and say, you know what, I've fallen on my face, but I'm standing back up and I'm gonna do another ten reps. Yeah. Right. And and being able to, to push through that and understand that it's a part of the process. People start to feel failure and they're like, something must be wrong. Surely right. I shouldn't be feeling failure on, on this planet. Right, right, right. Like exactly. Like, no, that, that's right. You are doing it right. You are, you are fleshing out. And you're learning. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, something that uh, always got me was the numbers. It's yeah. the numbers, Mason. Um, but uh, it's like truly, if you look at the numbers, it's because they're not all, there's ups and downs, right? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I looked at my numbers recently and uh, it was like, uh, two thousand post engagement this this week. It's down ten percent, and I'm like, I, I'm losing post, but I'm still getting two thousand. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like stupid, like stupid stuff like that. That's it's. If you look at numbers all the time, you're gonna go crazy. Oh yeah, you'll definitely go crazy looking at numbers. Uh, you know, it's it's it. You've got to have the passion. The yeah. passion make the numbers work. The if pa- you've got the passion and you've got the product, the the numbers will come. Exactly. It's right. just, that's why I don't even pay attention to the numbers. Yeah. or I didn't pay attention to the numbers to, to begin with because I knew if I stuck with it or if I, if I looked at it, I would be discouraged and just yeah. stop. And that's why like having a co-founder, like I said, the other thing, I, uh, you know, I didn't really have a co-founder with Sober Bars. Mm. It was me bossing some friends around, and it didn't really work out well for anyone. Right. right? And so like, I, I, I had a control issue. I wasn't willing to invite people into the, the conversation. Mm. Right? But having other people can help you keep focused on the right things. Like I would often get paranoid. I mean, I have a lot of flaws, right? Paranoia is one of them. Yes. I would often get paranoid that a competitor would create a better sober bars, uh, right? And I would always be scared of like, I'd have the numbers figured out, have everything figured out. And they'd be like, oh, but what about, you know, five years from now, this thing I shouldn't be worrying about, what about that, right? Like, right, 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 like, right, right, like, right. like what about a competitor? And someone told me, they said, Kyle, if you believe you're supposed to do it, you'll do it. Don't worry about if someone else tries to copy you or someone else does it or someone else got to you first. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, if you believe you're supposed to be doing this, do it with do your it. whole heart. Just do it. And like, and, 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 you know, just, it was a good refresher reminder of like, man, the things we can preoccupy our minds with that are as effective as rocking in a chair. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? So, uh, is, if you ever want to do like a business thing or an entrepreneur thing, just do it. Yeah. And cause you're going to learn so much more. And yeah. if especially you, if you're young, especially if you're young, yeah, Start, you have just fail hard, man. Fail, fail forward, fail. Right. Hard. Like just fail. And move on. Yeah, fail, fail move on, and, and move and, on. You know, like, like, you know, like I have young kids, mm-hmm. and as young parents, I think maybe all parents go through this stage of wanting to be a helicopter parent, where we buzz around our kid, and I don't want any bug bite or, or scrape. Trip or I don't nothing. want anything yep. to ever harm them. But if if I were to have my way, if I were to succeed in that, I would deprive my child of feeling a skin knee and getting back up. And understanding that they're going to be okay, or having that moment to cry, and foundational moments. Yeah, those moments are so crucial. Like now, obviously, I'm not going to throw them off the car, of course, right, right. and like push them into those moments. But I'm now going to allow those moments 
to mold them the way that they're meant to, right? Failure and pain and struggle is all supposed to be towards our benefit, right? And, and to build character and to build endurance and to push us towards, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, just being better and understanding and, 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 and just putting things in perspective. Sometimes I teach kids how to swim. And sometimes yeah. what, what I would do is if, they, if they're playing around or making, being silly, and uh, so there's a safe way to get in the pool that we like to, instead of like Cannon on the ball. edge. Cannonball style. Uh, well, you're sitting on the edge, right? Okay. So you're supposed to turn around and like lower yourself that way. So you're still holding onto the wall the entire time. Okay. Some kids, some kids will grab the side and just slip in like that. And and then they, <laughs> they forget that their, far, their arms only go so far back. Oh, and yeah. then they'll just fall. So, if, but you know, people catch them, obviously. Yeah. But if they do it enough, I'll just sit there for a second. Yeah. Only for a second, you know, I'm not, I'm not cruel or, or yeah. mean or anything. Just enough for them to realize, oh, I should never, ever do that again. Yeah. Because that was scary. And I yeah. don't like that. Yeah. My, my dad, and I'm sure many people part of his generation, often have the saying of, well, you only do that once. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, that's, sure. and, and that's exactly what, why I do that. Because yeah. they only do it that once. And yeah. it's never, ever again. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, as long as it's not traumatizing. Yeah. <laughs> Some people will do it over and over again, and oh, especially when you're talking oh, about absolutely. business. In business failure, you'll see people have the same failure over and over again. It's because they're not embracing the failure and learning from it. When right. you're resistant to failure, you will repeat the same fail over and over again. You have to embrace your failures and accept it. This is my little flaw, and it's revealing something about me. And if I don't try to run from it, if I don't try to hide from this flaw and this failure, then I'll learn from it. Mm-hmm. And so if you embrace your failures, you will learn and you'll make new failures. And you, yeah, and continue you'll to grow. continue to grow. Exactly. Yeah. So how do, how does one? Uh, you you mentioned your family. How does one balance all of this stuff that you're doing? Because if you're such a perfectionist, you just want to control and and work on this all day, all night. How does how does one step back and go back to your family? Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> with a lot of asking for forgiveness. Mm. <laughs> That's how. Uh, it, it's not easy by any means, right? So there's been compromises. Right. There's been sacrifices. There's been times where, you know, we, we before we got married, me and my wife did pre-marriage counseling with mm-hmm. a pastor of our church. And and they said, you know, you know, we talk about, you know, I get to work. I'm so tired. I don't feel like talking this and that, you know, and talk about, you know, you, when you're working in a day, you can't use up all of yourself before you get home. You have to you have to keep something in the tank. For when you get home, you have to remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just some really good wisdom about like, you know, you have to prioritize, you have to make time for the things that are important, right? And so when you're starting a business, there are late nights, right? Which can sometimes lead to late mornings. Or if it's an early morning and a late night, it's a cranky morning, right? Yep. It can lead to all sorts of friction when there is a birthday party or a holiday, but there's also a deadline, right? Mm-hmm. And so those things can start to compete with one another. So how you manage it is really um, grace having grace for one another, having grace with your spouse, having grace with your kids, being understanding of where they are and that them wanting you to play the ball instead of do work is, is a good thing mm-hmm. and it's a right thing. And, 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 and you have to prioritize that. If you're all work and no play, there will be no one to share your success with and it will yeah. all have been useless, right? And so like- and kids will resent you. And kids will resent you, right? And so like, we, you know, there, there's a balance there. And from a faith perspective, uh, and I don't do this well because I don't always hit this balance very well. If you ask my wife, nope, she, nobody she, does. she'd tell you. Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, no, she wouldn't because she's so gracious. But um, in God made a couple fish and a couple bread of lo- a couple loaves of bread to feed five thousand people. Mm-hmm. 
he can do the same thing with a couple hours of work. He can make a couple hours of work be as productive and as effective as two days of work. If you put the right things in the right places, if you prioritize your faith and your family above the things you're doing, then God will make the things you're doing multiplied, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's how I try to balance it is just remember that like, hey, I didn't get an eight-hour day in today. I got a four-hour day in today because the lawnmower broke and this and that. I only got four hours in today. God, make that four hours into eight. Make it count, Lord. Make this, make me productive. Give me focus. Give me success. Give me favor, right? And just uh, trusting that God can multiply, just like he did the fish and the loaves, he can multiply your time. And so that's been a huge um, realization uh, that's helped with me. And then also having help, like having a mm. village. Like the, the saying, it takes a village to raise a family. It does. 100%, yeah. right? Having your church, having your family, having your friends, having community makes a big difference. When I was raised, we didn't have community. So it was a bunch of, it was just struggle, constant struggle. And so now I'm fortunate, my family's fortunate to have people around us who can help us bear our burdens. Uh, and that's just, that's a game changer. Yeah. So we're kind of wrapping up the episode. But I've got a few questions I want to ask. Yeah, for sure. First one is, where's my mouse? There it is. <laughs> um, so as a Christian, what do you define as worship? What do I define as worship? As a Christian, for me, worship is um, using your gifts and abilities to reflect back to God uh, love and adoration. So using the things that he's given to you. So when you're born, God already made a deposit. He already put things in your bank account, mm-hmm. right? If you're funny, if you're fast, if you're smart, guess what? You didn't do it, right? God put that in the bank account to start you off on this journey, right? And so worship for me is using those things to reflect back to him, thankfulness and love and adoration. Good answer. (laughs) Uh, What are, if there is one piece of advice that you could give to any person starting a business, what would it be? One piece of advice, anyone starting a business? Oh man. Um, One, just one? I would say um, get, uh, don't do it by yourself. By yourself, it will be exhausting, taxing, and you'll get so discouraged you'll give up. Find people that will support you, whether that's score a SCORE group and a mentor from SCORE. It's free. You can get free mentors from SCORE. score. Whether it's assets, whether it's your church, whether it's a, a small group, whether it's a business partner or a friend, find people to get behind what you're trying to do. If you're doing something worthwhile, people will be there. There will be people who want to help. That's what my, my biggest piece of advice for someone trying to do anything is find other people and then equal with that is, is be okay to fail. Fail on a script. I mean, those are my two biggest things. Find people because by yourself, you'll probably ruin it, right? <laughs> find people, just, it's, it, you've got one perspective when you could have 10, right? Exactly, yeah. And, 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 and just be okay with failing. I mean, those would be my biggest advice. And yeah, like SCORE. SCORE is a free resource. It's a, it's a nonprofit, I believe. And they just have mentors. You can call up SCORE and say, hey, I need a mentor. I'm starting a business. And they'll just assign you to a SCORE mentor. It's super cool. Yeah, I know tons yeah, of people who have done it. Definitely check out SCORE. If you're trying to get serious about starting a business and you need expert mentorship, definitely start with SCORE. That's what I need. And assets. Assets link. Because you're software. telling me I need someone else to be. <laughs> <laughs> and then create a co-founder dating site, uh, Comingle, comingle.com. Co- <laughs> founder without the E, just founder with the DR. 
<laughs> oh, is that like a legit thing? No, no, I'm just, I'm oh, just oh, brainstorming. Okay, gotcha. Ever since you said you need a co-founder and we talked about co-founder dating sites, I was like, man, that's a great idea. Right, that's just right. how I work. I'll just go off on a tangent now. So <laughs> what is, you've been a comedian, you've uh, worked at bars. What is one of the funniest or worst things that you have ever seen happen, period? Funniest or worst things I've ever seen happen, period. Oh, man, how do I answer that question? Uh, all right, let me think for a second. Funniest or worst things I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> that's a tough one on the spot I, to go through the memory bank and think of one of one the funniest of, things. One of the funniest things I've ever seen as a, as a wedding DJ was uh, it was oh what who it was a very short it was a very short room, a very short room. I'm talking like five two, yeah. And uh, the wife was bigger, um, but uh, taller than that is. Yep. Um, and oh, what, what was what was the song? It, it has something to do with height. But <laughs> so all of his, all of the groomsmen grabbed his shoulder, and just lifted him up, so that it was eye to eye, or, or just a bit taller than 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 his than the bride. Oh my goodness! And and yeah, and and uh, eventually it got to the point where you know they're partying and they were just. Throwing him up in the air like he was nothing. <laughs> and just this, this really short, uh, he, he was bald too, so it was, it, was, it was more funny oh to me. Oh my gosh. But just seeing that happen, just a bunch of dudes uh, partying around this, this small man. Oh, wow. It was, it was very funny. <laughs> that's it's Zachariah from the Bible. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that's hilarious. I, I would have to say, I mean, I can't think of an exact thing. I think I've, I've been at a wedding where the bride's the the flower girl was actually a friend of the groom, a guy, and he was like dancing down the aisle doing oh, the flowers. Of so those are always hilarious. You see yeah. those on TikTok and stuff. If I had to pick one that was both like the funniest thing and the worst thing I've ever seen, it was me and my wife doing a uh, a dance routine for our wedding. We did one of those. Um, what do you call it when you do a collage of dances? Oh, like a mashup mix Like order? a mashup. We did like 10 different dance, like this whole little thing where we tango, then we salsa, then we oh, did all cool. these things. It was both awesome, hilarious, and terrible because we were both so nervous about it to you do that kind of thing. And we rehearsed it so many times. I remember rehearsing with her and, and we'd be dancing. I'd say, babe, can, you know, come over here. I'm not going to drop you. I promise I won't drop you. We're practicing dip. I won't drop you. First time dropped her. Uh, cause she, we, we, we miscommunicated on where she was going. <laughs> so like, at your wedding? No, no, this is during rehearsal oh, okay, okay, months okay, before okay. our wedding when we gotcha, were trying gotcha. to practice this dance mashup that we did. Uh, but that was one of the, that was something funny and, and both, uh, terrible because we watch it, we cringe right, when we course. watch it. We're like, oh, I can't believe we did that. Uh, but that's, people love that's it. That's hilarious. Yeah. Like, one time, uh, this is probably the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, uh, but also really funny. So the, the groom was really into dinosaurs. He just loved dinosaurs, loved Jurassic Park, loved everything. So the, and I was told this beforehand. So I, I and well, the, the bride was going to walk into the Jurassic theme park. Yeah. But what she didn't tell her, uh, her groom was that she was going to get one of those inflatable dinosaur suits <laughs> and walked out like that. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And, and <laughs> So, so we just see, with her holding her bouquet in the big dinosaur suit coming down. And uh, so this, and there was a sheet lifted and just it came down and she was out. 
and so and he he was crying oh when, when it happened. I was and I was like, this is ridiculous. Oh, that's on? that's hilarious. Yeah, it was really it was really <laughs> awesome. It was so fun. Yeah, I love comedy, man. I love making oh, yeah. people laugh. My my dad, he uh, uh, he tells a story one time of where him and his mom were at a funeral, and because of the anxiety, uh, they just started laughing hysterically. They couldn't help themselves, right? Like humor is just mm-hmm. such a it's just I such get, a powerful force, right? I get called laughing at the worst times. Yeah, and it's like because they're not they're not morbid people or anything, you know, like that at all. But they just were the uncomfortableness of the situation. They just resorted to 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 to, to humor and to laughing. And so, uh, you know, laughter is just such a powerful force, mm-hmm. um, you know, and 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 it helps prevent us from taking life too seriously. Absolutely, right? We can all get into this whole, you know, like look at the times, man. Look at the right, news. Exactly. Look at everyone yep. fighting. Like we can all just start taking things so seriously. A little bit of humor. Uh, and that's one thing I've learned about comedians. If you've ever noticed really great comedians, they don't just do comedy. They actually try to impart truth to you oh, yes. in the middle of the comedy. Once they've got you laughing, they've got you relaxed, then they'll try to offer you some truth. Mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle would do that. Mm-hmm. Like all, all shit's great comedians would just start to try to communicate something to you, uh, you know, in, in the midst of their set. And, and even pastors do that. Like they'll throw a little joke on stage to try to get you, keep you engaged. Um, but yeah, humor is just such a such a powerful thing. And I love I love improv comedy. Uh, because it's unscripted, right. right? Everyone's skeptical of scripted humor. Improv, you know, it's not scripted. So, yeah. like when I was with like Lancaster Improv Players, we went to Steel Stacks Comedy Festival, and there was this one group. I don't remember their name, but they did a they did a a form, a type of comedy called Cat's Cradle, where they jumped back from four different stories. It was almost like a Tarantino style, where they mm. jumped between these four stories, and then at one point they all kind of came together. Yeah, yeah. And it was just the most amazing comedy I'd ever seen in my life. They had me gut like just laughing from my gut constantly and because they were just in such perfect synergy and harmony with each other. Neither one was overstepping the other. They were all kind of submitting and and directing yeah. and like they were all just, it was fluid and it was beautiful. It was great art uh, and it was hilarious. It was such an awesome thing to see and I think, um, you know, when, when we're, when we're at peace with each other, we're having community and we're doing things and we're, and we're laughing, there's just some magic that happens that can be, Almost no words for, you know? Yeah. That's awesome, man. So if if you want to check out Stage Rush, please do. Yes. You can find them on Facebook. You can find them on their website, stagerush.com. Yep. And you can find them on Instagram. And uh, July 28th? July 28th. 28th. Thursday night, Tell us 360, 6 p.m. Be there, be square. Be there or be square. It's free. Be there, be square. <laughs> yep, yep. It is free. Suggested donation. Suggested donation. Um, for music for everyone. It's going to be an awesome show. But yeah, I really hope everyone can make out. We already have like 150 people interested uh, in attending on Facebook, oh, which wow. really means like 15 people will show course, up. I don't know how those things work right. with, with Facebook events. But it's already generating a lot of publicity. We are doing a press release officially Thursday. Mm. We will be putting out a press release about it. Um, but yeah, we're excited just to have an awesome night. Hear some great performers perform and, uh, and, and launch this super cool thing. Yeah. With all that said, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Please, if you do, if you do like and support what I'm doing, please be sure to like, share, subscribe, whatever. Uh, and if you really want to support us, please do buy some merchandise. It, it I can't t- tell you this. Uh, I want. We want to do more things. We want to do more cool stuff. We want to do more festivals. We are well. We want to start doing festivals. We want to start building building this podcast and really help supporting the local scene here. Yeah, and that's and the way 
Fortunately, it's through money. <laughs> yeah. uh, so if there's any co-founders out there that have some deep pockets and some marketing knowledge. If there's any investors, any any sponsors. Corey's, Corey's ready to mingle. I'm I well, <laughs> yeah because I want to do big things and the only thing that's stopping me is the money. Yeah. Because it's that's unfortunately that's the world we live in. Yeah. We'll be encouraged by that. You're already doing big things. Thank the, you. I the way that you are presenting yourself and the content that you're producing is incredible. Thank you, man. We do have stickers. We have uh, sweatshirts. Please, if you're interested, uh, ask me about them. I'd love to to connect. But if all with all that said, we have a guest tomorrow at ten. No, it's gonna be at eleven thirty because he needs some extra sleep, and that's totally fine. Uh, it, a guy called George Yellick. He is one of the best bass players I have ever met in my entire life, and he is super cool. He He's he's this tech wizard dude. He's uh, he's so many things. He's an awesome percussionist. I'm really excited to talk to him. He's an old friend of mine, uh, professor from LBC, and I really hope you tune in tomorrow because he's got some really great insight into things that musicians would have never ever thought about. Mm-hmm. And with all that said, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Fourth of July. Happy Fourth of July Happy to everybody. Fourth of July. And I hope you guys enjoy some really great food and fireworks. Yeah, I know I will. Yeah. (laughs) With all that said, I will see you guys tomorrow. Bye.